You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. My name is Clarissa Hintera, and I am your host this morning. And uh, joining us via phone is Megan Maya, who's coming to us from the missions office. Good morning, Megan. How are you? Good morning, Clarissa. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> it's so good to hear your voice. It's been a long time since we've had uh, the missions on our radio program, and I know we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, how the appeal looks uh, is going to look a little different this year and, and kind of the stories that some of our missionaries, you know, have brought to you. But, you know, before we dive into that, uh, that, um, that content, tell us a little bit about, you know, um, how, you know, what are some things you're looking forward to this summer in the mission office? Oh, my gosh. Things Just a couple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, this summer in particular, you know, normally our office would be simply wild with missionaries coming to visit us um, in the office here. Some expected, some unexpected visitors. Um, obviously, the pandemic has changed a lot reality. Um, but this year, uh, we are uh, excited about uh, the way that we're approaching it this time around. Um, actually, I should speak for myself. I have really enjoyed being able to see all the mission uh, appeal materials that our missionaries have sent. I've been reading over them, watching their videos, and really enjoying um, learning a little bit more about each one of them. Normally, I'm the one who's just doing the coordination, so this time I actually get to dive deep into their mission stories, um, which is different than having them physically come into the office. I do get to hear their stories that way. Um, but things are starting to open up. You know, we're hopeful that things will start to get back to normal uh, in the coming year. Uh, we're still kind of at the tail end here of uh, travel being really difficult. So um, there may be a few folks who will come into the office, uh, but for the most part, uh, we're doing a lot of our work still very virtually. So still at the, at the computer screen most of the day. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, not that you're at the computer screen most of the day, but kind of some of, you know, what they're... Uh, what they're bringing to you. Tell us a little bit more about, you know, you and how long you've been in the missions office for, uh, and a little bit about, you know, what your role looks like. Yeah, I have been in the mission office in various positions since 2013. So what is that? Almost. Um, and I had different positions. Um, I worked in mission education. I worked in some of the, um, you know, administration direction of the office now as a coordinator. And um, I learned a lot. You know, I had, personally, I had had some short-term mission experiences prior to taking the position. I had um, studied abroad for uh, three months in Mexico in college, which was probably my first real immersion experience. 
that I wasn't really expecting to be really life-changing, but it totally was. It really opened my eyes to um, just the whole world out there, perspectives, cultures, and experiences that I had never any knowledge of. Um, but, and then since, especially since coming into the mission office, I've had a number of other experiences in um, uh, World Youth Day in Brazil and um, spent a few weeks in Peru some years ago as well um, that have just kept me coming back more. And, and I, I always say that, you know, I mentioned you have a lot of visitors come into the office that I've had this sort of contact high experience of mission that I get to meet people who are from these places, ministering in places traveled and returned, and they tell me about their own evangelization experience, you know, how they met Jesus on these mission um, trips or in their, their ministry. And it, 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 it's easy to pick it up. You really get that energy, you get that excitement, and, and it, it connects to some of the experiences that I've had, too, um, in Latin America. So. Um, I've always been interested in culture. I've always been interested in um, talking with people about their faith, about you know, how, do, how do we live it in different ways. And um, I think that, I, I don't know exactly what I was expecting when I first came into the mission office, but um, it, it's just changed my whole perspective on the Catholic Church too. Um, really showed me that it's a global church, that, that, that it takes so many different forms in different parts of the world, and that our context um, really says so much about where our, our priorities are and what things we really need to work on, um, bringing the gospel to. Um, that, you know, I, I just, I love missionaries so much. They're just, they're amazing. They're, they're just so, you know, committed and passionate, and they just love their ministries, and I love the people that they work with. Um, so it, that's really an, um, an eye-opener for me, just to see what what, what people really made at their lifelong vocation as a missionary, what, they, what their attitude is, how they understand um, their work. It's, it's humbling in many ways. <laughs> I know that you do have uh, such a great passion for the mission in the mission's office. I, I know that uh, just in knowing you for several years now, you know, I'm kind of wondering, you know, for some of our listeners out there uh, who are used to, much like you, right, they're used to seeing the missionaries, um, at least, you know, previous to, you know, 2020, you know, come to their parish and give a Sunday mission, and then they might stick around for a couple days during the week to do some different talks and things like that, you know, but how does, um, you know, the topic of you know, the summer mission appeal, you know, how does that uh, touch the lives of our listeners now, especially, you know, in this time when we've really had to adjust the way we uh, encounter uh, others and the stories they bring, but also, you know, how do, you know, how we continue to support them in, in countries that, you know, have really been affected greatly by COVID-19. Yeah. yeah, there's so many ways. I think the pandemic has um, sort of forced us here in the United States to, to stop and take stock and really realize how much it means for us to come together to worship when we can't do it, you know, for a period of time. And um, yeah, I think it has just given us a little taste. It's not the same, but it's given us a little taste of what it's like in some of the missions where the priests just can't get to some communities and so they don't have Eucharist weekly either. Um, or they don't have a building or a safe place where they can gather and so they just don't, don't they don't have worship we are. 
as often as we are. Um, so we've had an experience of that. And I think we've also had an experience of a missionary church, you know, thinking about how do we reach out to people given the limitations that we've had. Um, so we've gotten a, a little bit of an experience of what it's like in, in other parts of the world. But I think the other thing is, the other thing is that we're seeing on the news, we know that there are communities around the world that have been affected in different ways uh, than the U.S. Uh, communities have. And in particular, in the last few weeks, um, we've been hearing about how terrible things are in India. And I have heard that from missionaries that I've worked with, um, I've talked with, that um, there's so much work to be done um, for healing and work to be done for grieving and, um, and building up the medical um, system in India, which you clearly can see, and actually in Latin America as well. Um, I know this past year and in so many months, there have been ups and downs all over here in the U.S. and in other parts of the world, but in these last few weeks in particular, you know, we're hearing about um, India and Latin America in particular, that, that things are um, have gotten really, really bad. And so I think it's made us a little more aware of the realities in other parts of the world. And it's connected us in a way too, because we've suffered uh, something similar to this pandemic of loss and of um, and our health systems being tried, uh, not broken. And so I think that, that has connected people. I think it's made people a little bit more aware of how connected we are um, and, and what types of things are most important to all of us. Um, and you better believe in all of those places around the world where um, the pandemic is raging, where there's wars and conflicts, um, the church is there and attempting to provide humanitarian aid, attempting to provide spiritual and um, moral, physical support to communities in those places. So I think when you hear from the missionaries, they'll sort of see a different side of the news that they're hearing. Um, Places like that. Um, can we just take a quick break uh, before we get a little further in? Let's go ahead and take a quick break, Megan, and we'll come back. Thank you. a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. 
Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and watching your distance. Thank you, and God bless you all. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. This is Clarissa Alhantara, and uh, I am your host this morning. I mean, uh, I'm on the phone with Megan Mayo, and she's joining us from the missions office. And we're actually on Teams as well. <laughs> we're like recording this. So for those radio listeners who also have access to the World Wide Web, uh, one of the cool things that we're doing here in studio is, uh, you know, if you have access to the internet, you could also just watch us uh, and you could replay this at home. So uh, this is the first time I'm doing Teams uh, in this fashion being recorded. So for those of you at home, if you want to find us also on the internet, uh, we're on, you know, you can access us through the Archdiocesan Facebook page. Uh, but in the meantime, before we took break, uh, we were talking a little bit about, you know, the the stories, in, you know, and really the truth that our, that our missionaries um, are sharing with us and kind of I you know right before we took the break I I was listening to about that shared truth of you know all of us coming out of the pandemic together um, but you know our stories are, are so different you know sto it's the stories that some of the folks that you've talked to Megan um, the way in which they're experiencing this you know and the way in which they still have to give back you know and the way in which we could support them uh, is just is incredibly profound and, I, and I'm kind of curious to hear you know how um, how will s the summer appeal or the appeals or that whole process, like how will it, it vary, you know, than um, in years past that, you know, our, our folks have been, you know, used to? Yeah, yeah, good question, because the pandemic absolutely has had an effect on our summer mission appeals. Um, so, yeah, I think more than ever, we know how connected we really are. We're connected to our neighbors and to people far, far away on the other side of the globe. 
And that was the goal of the Mission Cooperation Plan, I think, ultimately, when it was first founded. It's something, actually, that most dioceses practice, um, where uh, missionary representatives, speakers, um, go to the parishes and, over the course of a weekend, speak at each of the Masses, um, ask people to... Uh, to to learn and reflect on that gospel of that weekend and to learn a little bit about what particular mission cause that person represents. And um, and then there's a, a second collection and also an opportunity for people to offer financial support as well as prayer um, over the course of, of the liturgies. And um, you can imagine <laughs> the, the pandemic affected things. So certainly last year when our churches were closed or had very limited Seating, and this year things are opening up uh, more so, um, but uh, given the fact that so many people have to plan their travel in advance, um, some folks, some of our Mission Appeal speakers are international. They would travel from where they're ministering in Africa, in Asia, and Latin America, uh, and come to, to the United States to speak uh, here in our diocese and in other dioceses. That just really wasn't going to be possible this year. We had to make those decisions earlier in the year. And knowing that we do have some speakers who are local, others who travel internationally, it just wasn't fair to say we'll only accept those who are local. So we decided again in 2021 to go virtual. And I mentioned, you know, I've been reading uh, a lot of their appeal materials and watching their videos because they've been sending them to me over the past month or so. And um, we're working this year to prepare some really effective materials for our parishes Normally, I mentioned, you know, you have one speaker who visits your parish, you get to hear about their particular mission cause, and ideally, you know, from year to year, you're hearing about different parts of the world, different types of missionaries. This year, we're going to try to give you a little taste of a couple different groups. Um, we're preparing materials that um, give you a little, little bit of information about three different parts of the world and three different types of missionaries. Our mission co-op includes um, missionaries um, who are religious. We have religious priests and sisters and brothers. We also have dioceses represented, and as well as organizations, um, those that are led by lay folks and those that are led by priests and religious, um, schools, clinics, orphanages, homes for the aged, homes for those who are disabled, and, and many, many more. <laughs> Uh, mission takes so many different forms in different parts of the world. So we're hoping with um, the appeal, virtual appeal materials that will be made available to our parishes. Um, at, and this year we have a particular weekend that we are asking our parishes to observe the collection. August 7th and 8th um, will be the official mission cooperation plan weekend um, that people will be able to get kind of a wider view uh, and I think maybe the pandemic has helped us to be more prepared for that as well, to sort of think about, um, you know, sometimes it's important to zero in on a particular place in a particular context and, and the needs of a particular local church. And sometimes I think it's really valuable to kind of take a step back and see the, um, the global side of it as well. Uh, start to try to see things from Pope Francis's view where he really has to think about the church in all of its different contexts. Um, I think it will remind us about how connected we really are as well. Yeah, no, I, I do like the idea of like if, when you pull back and you see the kind of the long view, the broader view of like what what this really looks like. I mean, it's it really like causes you to pause, I think. And I, um, I'm kind of curious to hear from you. Um, you know, is there a, a personal story 
that you have to share, you know, how you encountered Christ, you know, through the missionaries, especially in this time of pandemic, like what story, and I'm sure you actually, truth be told, listeners, Megan has lots of stories that she could tell, but I'm wondering, (laughs) and she's a wonderful storyteller, but you know, yeah, is there one in particular where you really just felt, you know, given the pandemic and the distance and even the virtual nature, I think of our relationships now, how you encountered Christ, you know, through that. Yeah, you know, I mentioned that I, I really love meeting with the missionaries. I, I love getting to know them, too. They've they've really touched my heart. You know, I always feel like, well, who am I, you know? I, you know, I'm just some random person that they meet when they come to the Chicago area and um, who, you know, hopefully I'm providing the ministries and services that they need in order to access our parishes. But um, but I've been honored by uh, visitors, bishops, you know, from Ghana, bishops from India, and um, priests and sisters um, from Mexico, from Peru. Um, one particular priest comes to mind. I'll tell you one story. Um, a priest I've gotten to know. He's come here a number of times um, for mission appeals and, and other visits, um, who's originally from Ghana, uh, Father Bayuo, and he um, from the Diocese of Domongo. He's um, gave me a call earlier this year, earlier in the spring, and um, he was calling to, you know, seek out, you know, can we participate in the mission appeal? You know, we're interested in mass stipends, all the normal kind of business. At the end of talking about business, I said, well, you know, how have you been? Because he was living in Kansas City, and I said, well, you know, I want to hear about what's going on. And he says, oh, well, I've been doing hospital chaplaincy work. He just said it very casually. I was like, you've been a hospital chaplain over the course of the pandemic? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been, you know, a couple different hospitals I visit. I was like, you're one of the people that we've been praying for during this pandemic. Because, you know, of, of the many intentions that we've had, we've prayed for those who are providing care and uh, both health care and spiritual care uh, during the pandemic. And he says, oh, yes, I have visited with COVID positive patients. And he just spoke about it so humbly uh, and, and just everything that I know about him, he's just such a gentle soul. And, you know, he explained, well, he was he was definitely the youngest priest in the group at the, at the hospital of all the chaplains. And they said, you know, it was the safest thing for him to go as opposed to the older priest. And he just, you know, talked about it like it was, you know, just part of his job, you know. And it just really touched me. It really reminded me about how I, I mentioned, you know, how our church is interconnected, how we really we need one another, that this priest from Ghana is serving and ministering to um, U.S. patients in hospitals in Kansas City. And at the same time, you know, here I was trying to help him and provide some support, a monetary support to his home diocese. And um, it's really a give and a take. It's a mutuality. And, um, and in particular, you know, I'm really touched by that humility that really this is our ministry, whatever, whatever comes, you know, if it's a pandemic, okay, you know, if it's a disaster, okay, we're here, you know, we're the church, and, and we're going to be the face of Christ to those who need it, and uh, it was really touching, and it really, you know, reminded me about how over the course of the year so many things have happened, we've had our ups and downs, and that we're still here, you know, and we're still going to do our ministries regardless, and and, and and like you said, use uh, the internet, use other means as necessary to continue doing what we do. 
Yeah, no, I like that's a very powerful story. And like, I think even his humility, uh, I've been blown away, at, you know, those who have been ministering truly to the, the, the least, truly like those who are in our hospital beds and in our, you know, care settings. It's like the humility at which they bring with them, you know, and how they carry themselves, but how they, you know, how they kind of enter into that relationship and being that Christ for others is, is truly transformative, I think. Um, yeah. Do you have, uh, I know that when, when we were talking last week, you know, when we talk about, you know, sharing this story uh, in a gospel passage or something from scripture that for you really informs, uh, informs you and how you've looked at this work, you know, especially in this past, just under, you know, year and a half time. Yeah, I did my research. <laughs> of course you did. For those of you who don't know, this is well, Dr. Megan Mayo. So, yes, of course you did. stories, there's just too many scripture <laughs> passages. But, um, but, you know, in thinking about it, well, you know, there's the common passage that you hear about a lot, you know, that Jesus, the, the, the mission, you know, sending the disciples, go forth and make disciples of all nations, which is an important and beautiful missionary um, scripture passage. But I thought, oh, I want to go deeper, you know. And so actually the passage from Luke, which I will read for you, um, from chapter 4, um, Jesus is, is reading you know, Old Testament scriptures in his synagogue, and he says, it quotes from the um, prophet uh, Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has appointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free and proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. And then he follows it up with this passage is fulfilled in your hearing. That's the mission of the church, in my mind. It's very lofty, you know, to proclaim liberty to captives, recovery sight of the blind, let the oppressed go free, proclaim a year acceptable. It's big, but it's, it's what we're all called to in different ways. Um, that's why, you know, in a sense, we're all baptized to be missionaries in different ways. Sometimes we're missionaries in our homes, and sometimes we're missionaries far from where we were born and raised. Um, but it's it's this good news. It's We're proclaiming liberty. We're bringing glad tidings to the poor. And um, to me, that's I feel that rings true with all these missionaries that I've been able to meet, all these folks who go where they're called, go where they're needed, um, and sometimes to, you know, the remotest places, sometimes to places where there's terrible conflict or suffering, and they just do it with, with all humility. I mean, I think that that scripture passage just speaks to the mission of Jesus Christ and the mission of our church and the mission that each one of us is called to. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh I, I'm i thinking, let's just go ahead and take a quick break. This is a good spot for it, and then we'll come right back. Okay,
Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Cations, cations, cations. Over the over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we begin adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Catholic Charities Schreiber Center for Human Services is now open in Round Lake. Due to the pandemic, we are limited in the number of in-person programs that we currently can provide. However, a food pantry is open twice a week and a Wednesday night supper is held with to-go meals every week. A wide range of senior services are now offered as well. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call us at 847-546-5733. That's 847-546-5733. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Good morning and we're back. This is Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese, and this, this morning we're talking about um, the Summer Mission Cooperation, and on the phone or via Teams, if you're watching this uh, on our Facebook page, uh, we have Megan Mayo, and she's coming to us from the missions office, uh, and we've been talking a little bit about, you know, what has shifted, what's, what's changed, especially in our time of pandemic, and, you know, what, you know, what will our summer appeals, you know, what will that look like? And so before we took a break, um, Megan was sharing with us that she found uh, something that was really, you know, instrumental and instructive for her and, and you know, the gospel of, in the gospel of Luke chapter four, um, and we're talking about, you know, um, how, how that scripture passage is in, it informs you. So Megan, I don't know if you could say a little bit about, you know, you, you chose that passage, you intentionally, you know, you sought it out, you found it, you know, in this time of COVID, if, you know, in a couple sentences, you know, what would you say, uh, I know uh, just in studying scripture myself, you know, every time you come back to a passage and back to a passage, there's more and more that's revealed to you. So I think now in this time, you know, what about Luke 4 is very revelatory for you? Yeah. 
I think that this year, um, you might remember last uh, fall, I had shared a reflection with our archdiocesan team for one of our retreats that at the beginning of the pandemic, like I'm sure everybody did, um, I had these like panic attacks because, you know, we, we couldn't see the future. We didn't know how we were going to proceed with the work we were doing. It was so scary. And um, given the, the work I do with global missionaries, I'm thinking this is a global pandemic. We work with people who don't have running water. They don't have electricity. They don't have, you know, accessible clinics and hospitals. They don't have, they can't wash their hands. You know, where are they going to get masks from? And social distancing, you know, they're living in refugee camps. You know, I'm just thinking about um, that reality. And I, I, I was in a total panic. And um trying to think about, well, what can my office possibly do to continue to help them knowing that they need this more than ever? And, um, and you know, as I was emailing and, and had a few phone calls with missionaries over the past year, there are people who are, you know, in a bad way, um, and, and they're doing the best they can um, given this um, disaster that we're in. Um, and others who are so hopeful, they trust in God to provide. They trust in us as their um, companions on the journey, as uh, fellow Catholics and Christians, um, to support one another and to um, continue to pray for them and that they will pray for us and that we, you know, we support one another through something like this that, of course, we're all experiencing too. And that's just given me so much hope. It, it just reminds me that in a time like this, when it just feels like it's total chaos, you know, there's what is going on. Nobody seems to know that that our faith carries us through something like this um, in a global proportion. Um, that that these words of Christ that we proclaim glad tidings to the poor. That is who we are as a church. And um, for just such a time as this, as a pandemic, are we here to bring the good news and to bring hope? and human dignity and uh, protect life in all its forms and to um, walk with people and support one another as we grieve, as we grieve loss and as we rebuild. And um, to me, I think that this past year has just um, reemphasized why we're here as church and you know, what we're called to um, as a global church. Yeah. I. Uh the, so kind of along the lines of, you know, the global church, you know, when we think of, you know, how how we are to be with others, you know, kind of always like seeking, looking, you know, being Christ to all, you know, what are some, you know, church teachings or documents that, you know, have really, you know, come alive? Uh, I mean, I know with the missions, it's, it, you know, that, that seeking, that going out, that moving beyond our comfort zones is very much part of that, but especially maybe in the past year and a half, are there documents that you found or, or church teaching that you're just, yes, you know, like I get it even more today than I did, you know, in 2019 or something like that. Yeah, well, you can keep returning to these documents over and over and find something new. Um I mean, I would say for those who are interested in deepening their mission theology, there are a couple of key documents that would be good to review um, in terms of the modern sense of our global mission. Um, in the Second Vatican Council is a document called Ad Gentes, 
um, that speaks specifically about global mission. And agentes is the sort of Latin phrase for going out to all the nations, to all the peoples of the earth, which is the call or the, the mission that Jesus sends his disciples on. Um, and, and that was sort of the first modern understanding of global mission. Because um, global mission, in the sake, for the sake of the Catholic Church, is, that image and vision has changed over the years, let's just say. But anyway, the modern sense is um, first kind of structured in that uh, Gentis document. Um, and maybe 10 years after that, um, Pope Paul VI wrote Evangelii Nuntiandi, who was just sort of continuing down that road, understanding of, um, you know, what mission churches look like, what our responsibility um, in, in the um, developed world to the developing world, and, um, you know, how we as a, a global church function. And then some years after that, John Paul II, Pope John Paul II, Pope St. John Paul II, uh, wrote Redemptoris Missio um, and, and put his own stamp and his own vision. He was, I think, the first, if not one of the first popes to really visit so many more places than ever before. And so he really had his own personal experience of the church in all these different cultures and contexts. And so he he put his own vision of the different ways that mission takes shape um, in different contexts in that document. But honestly, I would say the one that I keep coming back to more often than not is probably the most recent document, The Joy of the Gospel. Mm. Um, the um, teaching of Pope Francis, I think he, this was published in 2013 or 2014. Yeah. And um, it upshot, I mean, this isn't necessarily specifically a global mission document, but it certainly speaks to a mission theology in that, to me, this is how I understand it. The whole, why do we, why are we missionary? Why do we go outside of our comfort zone? Why do we go to faraway places to bring the gospel, to bring, um, you know, hope and, and, you know, support human dignity in different places? You know, partly because Jesus told us to. Yeah, I mean, Jesus told us. <laughs> it's in the gospel. But. I think more than anything, and this is the argument that Pope Francis makes in, in this book, Joy of the Gospel, he argues we've experienced the love of Christ. We know who Christ is, and he has brought us great new life and brought us hope and, and supported our human dignity. It, we're so happy about that. We're so joyful about the gospel. It spills forth from us. So we want to bring that same joy and hope to others. You know, why wouldn't you if it's something that has brought such um, new life to yourself? So that's his argument in Evangelii, um, Evangelii Gaudium. And, in fact, there's one particular passage I'm going to read for yes, you a quick Yes, please. Passage. No, read it. If well, actually, okay. wait, wait, wait. Let's, um, let's, let's take a quick break because I know I got the break okay. signal. Let's take a quick break, and right after, I want you to read it to us. Thanks, Megan.
Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. The Word Made Clear is exactly what its name implies. It's an easy-to-understand explanation of the Word of God, the Gospel. Hello, I'm Father James McElhone, Director of Biblical Formation for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'd like to invite you to take our free online Bible study program by going to thewordmadeclear.org. Our website offers an audio-based guide to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Listen to my lectures and follow along with the handouts provided. There are even discussion guides. You can also explore the biblical roots of the Mass. And there are links to a wide variety of biblical sources that will benefit both teachers and students of the sacred scriptures. Just go to wordmadeclear.org to experience our free online Bible study program. Again, it's free at wordmadeclear.org. It's the Word of God. Enjoy. All right, good morning, and we're back. This is Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. My name is Clarissa Alhantara, and I'm joined by Megan Mayo, and she's uh, coming to us via Teams, via phone. Uh, she's, uh, we're talking about the summer mission cooperation, and right before we went to break, we were going to hear uh, the joy of the gospel, or a slice of it. Uh, Megan, please take it away. That's right. Yeah, I got carried away. No, <laughs> I love this guy. I love um, it. I love we it. We were talking about, um, you know, church teachings and, and aspects of, of, of how the church has um, spoken and written about um, mission in recent years in particular, and I mentioned that the joy of the gospel, Pope Francis's um, recent publication, um, also known as Evangelii Gaudium. In, in the first chapter in particular, I think there's a lot of great references to a missionary theology, and ultimately he's arguing that the whole church needs to take being missionary really seriously. Um, there's certain parts of the world maybe that don't think they need to worry about that as much, um, because, you know, Christians, Catholics are the majority, but but he says, no, 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 don't get complacent. Um, but in this first chapter in particular, there's a passage I I, um, I just love, and I think it speaks to global mission in particular. In paragraph 48, <clears throat> if the whole church takes up this missionary impulse that he's proposing, she has to go forth to everyone without exception. But to whom should she go first? When we read the gospel, we find a clear indication, not so much to our friends and wealthy neighbors, but above all, the poor and the sick, 
those who are usually despised and overlooked, those who cannot repay you. Um, and actually, that brings me back to the mission cooperation plan, um, because these missionary uh, causes from around the world, they really represent the poorest of the poor, uh, communities that could not repay us monetarily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can repay us in prayer, um, and they can repay us through the mutuality of our faith, but... Um, but they're really representing those communities that are in the greatest need, those poor who we need to go to first. Um, and it is in providing these ministries, um, spiritual, uh, those that provide, you know, uh, human needs, basic needs, uh, food and health care and education. Um, that is how we proclaim the gospel first to those who are on the margins, in the peripheries, those who are the poorest. And so um, the Mission Cooperation Plan is one way that our archdiocese lives that out, that really shares the, glo- the joy of the gospel around the world. <laughs> I, you know, uh, whenever people bring in, bring in documents that I've, I've read at different times, and I feel like I need to reread again, I, that's always, uh, I forget the beauty of the joy of the gospel. I actually thought you were going to go to a couple other documents, and I know you could because you have that There's experience. Many. But uh, that's also that's a really, really beautiful one. Um, So for those of you at home, uh, we've been talking a little bit about uh, at home or at work, maybe watching or listening. We've been talking about the summer mission cooperation. And so, uh, Megan, can you remind us again? We still have a little bit more time left, but I think it's important just to remind our listeners of the dates. You know, where places they can find more information. Yeah. So. This year, as I said, we're doing virtual mission appeals um, like we did last year. And we are normally the mission co-op takes place on any given Sunday um, in June, July, or August, depending on your parish's schedule. But in 2021, we have a designated mission cooperation plan weekend. And that is August 7th and 8th. It's the first weekend in August. And... Um, we encourage parishes to utilize the virtual mission appeal materials um, that are available, that, that will soon be available, I should say. I'm working on it right now. We're finalizing some of those details now on our website, which is wearemissionary.org. Uh, if you go to that, you'll find our general information. But if you want to learn about the mission co-op in particular, you would go to wearemissionary.org slash C-O-O-P. And um, it's there also that you're able to make an online donation if you wish, um, if your parish uh, perhaps doesn't have the possibility of you making online donations. You can go to um, wearemissionary.org slash give uh, as well to make an online donation toward the mission cooperation plan. Um, just keeping in mind, you know, we're talking about places, um, I look through our list, we have 104 different causes that will benefit from this collection this year, and they are representing places where Christians are in the minority, places where the church uh, is made up of poor present farmers, places where there are people who still haven't heard um, the name Jesus Christ and uh, who um, our missionaries are reaching um, to grow the church um, exponentially. Um, talking about places where Christians are persecuted, um, where where there just aren't enough priests. As I mentioned earlier, you know they can't have mass every week because they're so remote um, or or so spread out in in certain parts 
of um, the world. And I mentioned, you know, places where there are refugee camps. You know, we need to minister to those folks. There's so many different situations. Um, the Mission Co-op exposes our archdiocese to all these different stories, all these different realities that were sometimes just, honestly, I'll speak for myself, I didn't know about, you know, the reality in, in the Congo. I don't know about what's going on in Guatemala um, in the church there, you know, you hear about it in the news maybe, but you're not hearing about what is our church doing. So the mission co-op is a way for us to um, to learn, to have a chance to pray for our world church and to support it financially. Let's go ahead. So and that's take August seventh and eighth. August seventh and eighth. We'll, we're, we've got one more break. Let's come back. Okay. adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective and the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and watching your distance. Thank you, and God bless you all.
we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. On the phone with me and on Teams with me and online with me, if that's how you're watching, uh, is Megan Mio. Uh, she is uh, in the missions office, and we've been talking about the summer, um, summer mission cooperation. And uh, for those of you uh, who caught the tail end, um, the dates are for this special weekend, uh, August 7th and um, August 7th and 8th that we're going to be doing it this year. And, you know, actually, as you were um, sharing the website and because we're doing this on Teams and I know that we've been, you know, uh, we've been recording content visually for a number of months now, but we also might have listeners and or watchers who aren't even in the Archdiocese of Chicago. People from, you know, our global church, of course, obviously could, could tune in. And so whether you're in the Archdiocese of Chicago, Chicagoland area, or you're outside of that, you know, Megan uh, left some uh, Web's, web addresses, and I know if you're watching visually, that, that will kind of appear too. And so there's different ways in which you can kind of engage and enter into this conversation and, e and even give, you know, not, not that this is like a, a pledge driver giving program, but I know um, just in the storytelling and, you know, how we've been reflecting uh, in this time, uh, that's, been, that's been such a joy and, and such a place of um, refreshment even for me, I, you know, and I do remember the days when I was young of, you know, these priests coming in from everywhere, you know, telling us their stories and, and being that witness. But Megan, we've got about just a couple more minutes left. You know, what are some other things that you want to share with our listeners? You know, how can we continue to move forward in this work uh, together as a church? Yeah, you know, you mentioned about people possibly listening or viewing us from all over. I mentioned, you know, every just about every diocese has a mission cooperation plan. So <laughs> even if you're not in the Chicago area, check out what your diocese is doing. Um, that's the first thing. Um, but those who do live in the Chicago area, we are just, we have such rich um, opportunities here. Um, I can tell you, you know, if, you're, if you contact my office, um, feel free to contact me if you're interested to learn more. We have quite a few missionary uh, religious congregations, organizations, um, and representatives of dioceses around the world who are living and ministering here in our archdiocese. Um, I, I mentioned the story earlier about a priest in Kansas City. Well, there's a number of priests and sisters and lay folks um, who either live here or travel here often um, to the Chicago area. So um, there are so many other ways you can personally just get involved. Uh, you can volunteer your time. Um, but, uh, I, you know, the mission co-op itself uh, is an opportunity to support these particular 104 groups. But prayer is always, first and foremost, um, the primary form of mission. And so we ask everyone listening and, and or viewing to continue to pray for our world church. Um, and whenever you hear those news stories, um, remember that there are people of faith living there. These are families. These are people who are... Mm -hmm trying to uh, protect human dignity in their setting. And so um, say a prayer. Um, in fact, actually, I wanted to mention one other website folks can go to to learn more about what the church is doing in various settings. Um, there's a website called uh, Agencia Fides, which is a Latin name. Uh, basically, it's the news agency for missions. And so they can go, people want, if you want to learn more, go to fides.org. F-I-D-E-S dot O-R-G, uh, and you can actually get that website because it's a Vatican website in English or Spanish or French or Italian or a couple other languages. But um, uh, that website will give you up-to-date 
news about what's going on in the church in a wide variety of settings. Um, and, and every time I read those articles, I say a prayer. Now, that's really the first and foremost uh, prayer is key when you learn something new. Um, I mentioned you can get involved. Obviously, this collection is a really great way to participate in this cooperation, to to stay connected through both uh, our learning about one another, our prayers, and our giving. Um, but if, if you have the means to be able to do so, um, that is uh, an important way to keep these ministries going. Um, and uh, the other is, you know, I just saw the commercial about getting the vaccine. You know, be aware, too, that it was a global pandemic and that the vaccines, we're so lucky to have them here in the United States and other parts of the world. They would love to have it. Um, so I also would say advocate for um, vaccine equity around the world um, and uh, look for opportunities to learn about and get involved in that as well. I'll give you one other website. Ah, we have <laughs> um, like a minute left. So. CatholicCares.org. Catholic, um, this okay. is a coalition of Catholic organizations that are promoting uh, both health care and vaccine equity in the United States and around the world. So um, learn about ways that you can also try to make a difference as we're coming out of this pandemic. Let's try to make sure that people um, everywhere um, have access to to healing uh, and to uh, an opportunity to um, to rebuild and um, experience reconciliation now that this pandemic is hopefully coming to an end. Megan, such a font of wisdom. I've really, truly enjoyed our conversation this morning. For those of you at home, uh, we've been sharing our hour, 58 minutes plus, with Megan Mayo from the Missions Office. Uh, I am uh, eternally grateful for the work that you do. Thank you so much for staying committed uh, you know, to our local church and our global church. This has been Lifelong Journey. Uh, thank you so much. We're going to be signing off. Goodbye, Megan. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.